Oh God, you alone bring order to the unruly wills and affections of sinners like us. May we love what you command and desire what you promise so that among the swift and varied changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed and focused where true joy is to be found. Now bless us as we gather together to worship you, our creator, our redeemer, and our friend. Amen. Well, today's scripture reading is from the 26th chapter of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Old Testament, the last book in what is called the Torah, or also called the Pentateuch. Torah, as you may remember, is the Hebrew word that means law or instruction. And these five books have many, many laws and instructions. Well, just for example, the Ten Commandments. And by the way, Pentateuch is a word that comes from Greek words that mean five books. <laughs> and those five books are namely Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Listen now for the word of God from Deuteronomy 26. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and as you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us when the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God you shall make this response before the Lord your God a wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you together with the Levites and aliens who reside among you shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Well, as many of you know, 
people post all kinds of things on Facebook. Jokes. Some people have known to post photographs and a whole lot of opinions and sometimes what's called TMI, that is way too much information. And sometimes people post magic. Franco posted a video about a month ago of Lacey working magic, and I still don't know how they did that. <laughs> One of my friends posts what I call writing prompts. I call them that because that's what Paul and Sarah's teacher called them in school early on. These prompts, they're just questions. They spark memory and imagination, and very often, my friend Pete's questions prompt lots and lots of posts. And since he's a lawyer, he has all kinds of interesting friends who have all kinds of opinions. Recently, he asked the question, if you won a million dollars, what would you do first? Well, Pete usually starts things off with his own answer to whatever the question is. So he gave a reasonable and practical answer that I'm sure his wife would approve of. He'd pay off the mortgage. Well, perhaps because I had been reading and thinking about this passage in Deuteronomy, you know what I said, <laughs> tithe. The book of Deuteronomy can be described as sermons, essentially, by Moses to the people of Israel. The people have been brought out of slavery in Egypt. They've wandered <laughs> in the desert for 40 years, and they're about to cross over the River Jordan into the Promised Land, the land flowing with milk and honey. The book of, book of Deuteronomy can also be described as an elaboration of the covenant that describes the relationship between God and the people of God. Well, let's consider the 11 verses we read in three parts. The first four verses speak of offering the first fruits. The verses five through 10 recall history, that is God's bringing the people out of bondage into the promised land. And the last verse, 11th verse there, prescribes a celebration feast. Bringing the first fruits, the best of the harvest, was a way of acknowledging that the harvest and all that makes life possible comes from God. When we say the blessing or say grace before a meal, we too are thanking God for our daily bread. As Old Testament uh, scholar Ron Allen has suggested, in a larger sense, this offering of the first fruits was a way of committing yourself to use both the harvest and, for that matter, all of God's gifts in ways that fit God's purpose. God's will. It was part of their tithe, but it was also a way to feed the Levites, that is, the priestly folks who, they didn't own any land. They didn't have a way to produce food on their own as well as people in need. <coughs> Aliens, we would say refugees now, orphans and widows. 
the people that Jesus would later call the least of these. Well, let me tell you, once upon a time, I flew to Canada to attend the American Psychological Association. It was amazing. I told folks back home, I said, it was like meeting folks out of the Bible, you know, folks that you've read about but you've never met. People that wrote textbooks I had and had struggled through. People who were famous, all kinds of folks were there. As well as lots of folks like me who were just there to see what we could learn. There were three speakers I, who said things that I recall 39 years later. One was the feminist editor and author Gloria Steinem. She talked about how the language we use influences our views and said, we won't change attitudes until we change our language. And then there was a fellow named Milton Rokich. He was a social psychologist who said that what breaks down prejudice is having one-on-one -on -one relationships with people that we see as peers, that we see as just like us. And then there was a psychologist named Theodore Blau who said that our sense of self our sense of who we are is the collection of all the memories of who we are and what we have done. Well, in the patterns of worship prescribed by these verses in Deuteronomy, we can see a plan to firm up faith through language, through relationships, and by reminding God's people of who they, that is we, are, and who God is. The instructions in the verses five through 10 have the worshiper tell and claim the history of the mighty acts of God. And when it says a wandering Aramean, we know that was Jacob. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down to Egypt, lived there as an alien, few in number, and became a great nation, mighty and populous. And then the Egyptians treated us harshly, afflicted us, imposed hard labor on us. We cried to the, the God of our ancestors and God heard us, saw our affliction, saw the toil and oppression and brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm and brought us to this place, a land flowing with milk and honey. As one scholar put it, these affirmations demonstrate that God has the power to control, to redeem, to regenerate. The philosopher Hegel wrote that the experience, what experience and history teach us is this, that people and governments never, never have learned anything from history. Well, that's kind of hard to argue with, right? But the message in Deuteronomy is that because God is in charge, you and I can still live in confidence and with hope. None of us have been slaves or wandered around the desert for decades, but most of us, most of us have had our days of wandering, our time in the spiritual wilderness. And I believe we've also had wilderness times in our lives when, when God met us, heard us, rescued us, provided for our needs. 
The last verse in our reading prescribes a feast to celebrate all that bounty that Lord your God has given you. It's not just a small family gathering or even a little family reunion, but it's a feast to include the Levites and aliens. The feast was not just for those who were blessed with land, but also for the poor. God doesn't just love and bless a privileged few. God blesses us and tells us to share. The popular notion of Lent, it's a time to give up something, and that always leads to those clever jokes about, well, they're based on a base, an essential notion, that being, I really don't want to give up anything, <laughs> except my bills, or some other, something else bad, onerous. But really, Lent is a time to examine and prepare our hearts for remembering the trial, the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lent, Lent isn't really about giving up. Lent is about giving. And for that matter, the very word sacrifice comes from a Latin word that has a couple of roots that say nothing about giving up. The second part of the word comes from the Latin verb facare, which is to make. That's where we get the idea of manufacture and a lot of other words from facare. And the first part is sacred, sacri, it means sacred. Sacrifice means to make sacred, to make holy. To be holy is to be close to God, in right relationship with God. And to do that, we have to be in right relationship with each other as well. This scripture, written a long ago, reminds us that we have reason to be happy, reason to remember, reason to celebrate, and the main reason being the marvelous gift of God's abundant and all-sufficient grace. Despite our spiritual wanderings, God is faithful yet. God hears us, and God rescues us. Thanks be to God. May the God of creation and restoration give you confidence and the daily tasks set before you. May the God of love and compassion assure you of your heritage as a child of God. May the God of guidance and inspiration mold you in God's image. And may the blessing of God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, and friend, be with you and remain with you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.